Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Dawn Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. And we want to wish you a happy new year. Um, We hope you had a great holiday. And today we're back with a topic that's perfect for the new year, we hope. Um, We are talking about self-improvement books and one of our favorite topics, which is what, Dawn? Planners. We're talking all about planners. Planners. So if you follow either of us on Instagram, you know that we're very into our planners. So really excited to kind of share what we're using this year and what we've changed. Um, And then also talking about all the books that will get you ready for a great 2022, because hopefully it will be better than 2021 for everybody. Um, Yes. Juan, do you have, I know we talked about how my favorite holiday is the new year. Do you have a routine for the start of the year? Any rituals you go through like on the first week of the year? Not really, because as I mentioned in the previous show, I was a teacher for a long time. So for a long time, January was the middle of the year. So it's just in the past couple of years that it's actually become the start of the year for me. So I'm trying to put some rituals in place. So I I have a brand new planner for the year. So I put in all of my client bookings that are already there. Um, my friend Ronnie has got me onto power sheets, which we're going to talk about those. So I did my power sheets. And then um, the big thing I did this past week was try to look at setting quarterly goals that I'm not going to do all of the things in January. The whole world is not going to change immediately. We got to spread that out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very pro quarterly goal and I definitely have rituals because, you know, I'm me, (laughs) but uh, for on New Year's day, I put away all of my planners from the previous year and I reset my Kanban board, which we'll talk briefly about what that is. But um, so I finished out, you know, some of my planners have things in the background, like your favorite memories of the year and, you know, kind of going through, it makes you review things. So I did all of my reviews. I packed them away and then I set up the new pages in my reading journal, which we have on our Instagram. If you want to see the new pages, because I don't start a brand new book for my reading journal. I continuously keep it going through because I buy a nice, you know, bullet journal. So I just start new pages for the new year and set up new title pages and stuff. But I did all of that. So yes, all week I've been doing all of my putting away and then opening the fresh new planners with their bright white pages and all possibility. (laughs) It's just the whole year in front of you. Your reading journal planners are so pretty. Your, you. your nice little reading challenge things that you set up are so pretty. Thank you. And your, your reading journal is looking cute too, with all of your stickers and your uh, decorations for your pages. So if y'all want to see any of that, we put it all on Instagram. So check that out. Okay. So tell us about what planners you're using this year. All right. So I made a big change this year, Dawn, which is a huge deal in planner world to switch your planner. <laughs> so I've been using the day. Y'all don't even know. (laughs) I've been using the day designer for like four years and I love the day designer, but I realized towards the end of 2021 that I don't need a daily page. I do better um, right now with a weekly page, meaning I see the whole week on, you know, I leave my planner open in front of me and I can see the whole week in front of me instead of just two days. 
So I switched to the cloth and paper horizontal weekly, um, which cloth and paper is you can order it online and you can get all kinds of different pages and different sizes. So if you have different style planners, you can fit it into all different things, but it's beautiful paper and they're very clean and minimalist. And I started using them towards the end of 2021 to try them out to make sure like it was kind of my test run for 2022. Am I going to buy this planner? Um, and I love them. So I'm going with that. Um, and I use it in like a happy planner size. So for those planner nerds out there, it's the classic happy planner size. And I use disc, um, to pop in any inserts that I want. So you can kind of change things around and move. So I'm really excited. And so far it's working really well. Um, and then like Dawn said, I use Lara Casey's power sheets. So this is a separate planner for goal planning. It helps you set kind of 10 main goals for the year and it breaks it up quarterly. And then by monthly, you can have a tending list where you list your monthly action items, your weekly items, and your daily kind of checklist things. So I have that page open on my desk as well each year. I've been using that for, I think, four years as well. And I have convinced Dawn to give the power sheets a try. Convince them by buying them for me and saying, <laughs> here, you need this in your life. But yes, they are awesome. I support them. I'm a pushy planner person here. Use this. Um, and then I think you and I are both using Sarah Cannon's HB 90 system, which is Sarah Cannon is another author. Um, she's a YA author and she does a whole planning system. You can take her classes and they're great. Um, but she has a quarterly setup that you can do with online, or you can print out and use that as, you know, a printed planner. And that goes with the Kanban board, which if you haven't seen a Kanban board before, I'll put a picture of mine. Um, but it's basically dividing your, your goals and you put them onto post-it notes, your little task that you're going to do. And you have a section of to do a section of in progress and a section of finished. So I have that on my wall. So when I finish a task, I can move it to finish. And by the end of the quarter, I can look at all of my sticky notes at the bottom and feel very accomplished. Um, so I'm very visual and that really helps me out. So you can see if you, we should probably take a screenshot, but my comma board is right behind me. Um, but I'm using that and have been consistently using that for a couple of years now. So pro sticky note with that. I love the progress, like visual progress. And then I'm using a bando planner to record my workouts. And that literally is just because bando planners were on sale at the end of last year. And I'm like, Oh, pretty and bought it. And then had to come up with a purpose for it. <laughs> so I'm using that to record workouts because for some reason I had a mental breakdown and bought a Peloton then before Christmas. <laughs> Y'all need to see the text I am getting <laughs> because She's doing so good, but I'm really worried. I'm going to get a text. that's like, I'm on the floor. I need you to come get me up. <laughs> I can barely walk today because my legs are so sore, but I have enjoyed it so far. It's for those of y'all don't know, Peloton's that bike with the video screen that you can, you know, take classes online and stuff. And it is kicking my butt. Um, but I am happy I got it. But yeah, that was a complete impulse buy. So now I have a planner to record those workouts. <laughs> so another reason for a planner, you know, it's never bad. And then the only other things I'm using, I have a cloth and paper planner that came in their subscription box that is bound. So it's similar to what I have, but it's smaller and I needed to come up with a purpose for that one. <laughs> so I am using that for what am I doing today? What have I done today to keep my writing on track? Because my big focus for this year is to get more writing done um, because I am a writer. So I should probably like do that thing <laughs> that calls me a writer. So each day I'm going to write, what have I done to kind of make progress on my writing that day? And last, I have a big poster that shows the whole year. 
that I record my word count on and it's from Doodle Love on Etsy. So it's really pretty. It's just got a little spot for each day of the year. You can see the whole year at once and I record what my word count was. So by the end of the year, I can see how many words I've written for the whole year. That is my stacked on, which is actually a short stack compared to last year. <laughs> so what's your stack look like? Well, um, as Ronnie said, we are going to put pictures of this up on social media and then we will have links to all of our things. But I took a picture of my stack after I had figured out everything I was using for this year. And I'm like, I, and I texted it to Ronnie with the message that there's 10 things here. That, that's okay, right? And and as a good planner enabler, she said, absolutely. I see no problem. So yes, I am using 10 different planners and notebooks. I promise I'm going to go through them really quick, but I feel like there's some of these things you need in your life. Um, the first one that I'm using, because I also made a big change this year on my planner, is I had used Passion Planner for a long time. And then I discovered this thing called Agendio. And if you want to lose several hours of your life and you are a super planner nerd like I am, go play on the Agendio site because you can customize everything, everything. And so after, you know, I don't know, 40, 50 hours of me rearranging boxes and changing colors because it's not overwhelming. It's not one of those things like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. It's, oh, I should try this. Oh, I should try that. So I have an Agendio um, where I record all my client work, all my social media and things like the Rad Reading podcast and when we're recording and when the episode's uh, dropping. And we got really cool Rad Reading stickers. Yes, Don gave me uh, Don gave me a great Christmas gift of Rad Reading stickers. So I'm, I was very excited. And if you've seen my reading journal, you know, my planner is also covered in washi and stickers and all that kind of stuff. So I'm using that. And then I have the, the power sheets, which is my big umbrella goals. I only set four goals um, for the year, just like big umbrella things that I'm going to kind of be working on. Uh, and I'm tricking myself into actually making myself look at the power sheets because it has a monthly layout in there that I normally wouldn't use, but I'm going to use that for my meal planning. Mm -hmm. And that way I have to look in it because I do do meal planning. And so I have to look at it and then I'll, I'll check off my little tending list. And then of course we love Sarah's HB 90 system. She is the absolute reason I'm not trying to change everything in January. She's the, you got to spread it out. So I have that. And then I have just a plain mead monthly planner that's uh, for bills because I handle the finances in our house. And for some reason I need that on paper. I know like some people like can put it on their Google calendar or they have, you know, they just get the notice or whatever I need to, I need it on paper. And then my new thing for this year that I'm super excited about it is um, what I'm calling my happy life planner, because I had a real cool sticker that said happy life and I stuck that on the front of it. So now it's the happy life planner. So it's not to be confused with a happy planner, which is a whole other thing. And we could talk about that forever, but this is actually from Bloom. And it is an undated bullet journal style planner. And it has the monthly layouts. And then it has a couple of bullet um, dot grid pages. And then it has the next month's layout. And what I'm using this for is to keep track of memories. I want us to actually get out of this house and go do some things because I feel like we haven't done that in a while. So what adventures are we going to have? What am I doing for self-care? What books are coming out that I want to read? And we are a big movie family. 
And so I went down a list of all of the releases that are coming out that have already been announced for 2022 and documented in the planner, the movies we want to see and when they're coming out. Well, that's a good idea. That way I know. Now, the other thing I'm putting in there as far as memories go is yes, I'm putting things that are um, like good memories. Like my best friend was in town. We played games on New Year's Eve. It was a lot of fun. But the other thing that I'm putting in there is things that you don't think about needing to know until you need to know them. Like, for example, we had to go buy a new Christmas tree stand this year because we have no idea where the one we own is. And I think we actually own two others. I think this is a problem every year. So my plan for this, because I've already got my months all set up, is I've got a page on the month that's like things you need to know. And it will be the Christmas tree stand is in the garage on the third shelf from the left. Mm -hmm. So that's my plan for that. And then real quick on my, like, there's still planners, but they're notebooky type things. Y'all have seen my reading journal. It's plum paper. And I love it. The paper is so smooth. It's just, you just want to pet it. If you're a paper nerd, <laughs> definitely check out plum paper. And then I have a stencil journal because we, we have talked in other episodes about my new love for stencils, but I have a stack of 40 of them. And so I created a notebook where I went through and stenciled what's on each thing and they're all numbered. So I can flip through the notebook and be like, oh, I need a basketball and I know exactly where to go get it. And then I have a um, just plain notebook that has the Hulk on it that says smash. And I love that because superheroes. And that is just my book of list. And so that is list of authors I want to buy and things that we need to do around the house and all of the Dawn just makes a list things. And for Christmas, my husband bought me a rocket notebook that I used to take notes during my calls. And those are the ones that can erase Mm -hmm. and you write on with friction pens and you can easily erase it. And it also has an app where you can upload it to Google, Google drive. You just take a picture and it uploads your notes. And then I have one notebook that's just everything else. Anytime I just need to write something down, this is my everything notebook. And then I have one last extra planner that I bought while I was out shopping by myself unsupervised <laughs> And it's really cute. And I distinctly remember standing in the store and holding it and thinking, oh, this would be perfect for, and then it jumped in my cart <laughs> and I brought it home and whatever that thought of it would be perfect for has since left, mm -hmm. but I have it. And whenever I remember what I was going to use it for, it will be in use. Is it dated? Is it just a notebook? Or? No, it's a dated, um, it has monthly layouts, two page monthly layouts. And then this is what's weird for me because I generally like vertical planners. Mm -hmm. Horizontal planners are not my thing, but it has a horizontal weeks in it. And I remember thinking that I wanted that for whatever <laughs> thing it was. I, I don't, I fell through a time portal. I don't know what happened, but I looked at it and was like, oh yeah, I can totally use this for that. And look, it's got this. And I put it in my cart and I got home and I took it out of the bag and went, I have no idea why I bought this. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's cute and I have it. You'll, you'll come up with a purpose or it'll tell you what its purpose should be. Um, <laughs> it'll be like, hey, this is what I'm here for. Yeah. My goal is to use the things because I have a tendency to like be precious sometimes about the pretty things, like the pretty notebooks mm -hmm. and stuff. Like 
that extra cloth and paper planner that came in that subscription box, it was sitting there looking gorgeous and like pristine. And I was like, I don't know what to do with it. And I was really tempted to just like put off what I was going to do with it again, but it's dated. So I'm like, no, I need to use the thing. Cause then I'm going to have a pristine planner at the end of the year with, yes. that I have no use for. So that's why I, I forced it into, this is going to be the writing planner, but um, yeah. And I did forget to mention when you mentioned movies, it made me think of it, but since I'm doing that romantic movie marathon, I do have a special notebook from Target where I record each movie that I watch and all of my notes about the movie that I'm going to put in my newsletter. So I do have that as well. Um, but you know, that's our very small stacks, you guys. I don't think no, that's a problem. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> We're fine. We're good. We can stop anytime we want. Of course, of course. So um, moving on to the other part of New Year's and it's, I know not everybody looks at New Year's the same way, but for me, for sure, it's like fresh start. What am I going to do this year? What am I going to change? What's working? What's not working? And um, one of those things I do tend to read, if you look at my January list of books, I tend to read self-improvement. What do they call them now? Personal development. I know like self-help is like not the right term anymore. Right. (laughs) You know, personal uh, development. Yes. Which sounds stupid. Personal development sounds like what your boss calls you in to do, you know, like at work, like that meeting. (laughs) It doesn't sound any fun at all. Um, but self-help books get a bad rap sometimes. Um, so Don, how do you, do you have feelings about self-help books? I don't have a lot of experience with self-help books because most of the nonfiction books that I read are usually related to the writing craft. And so um, I have read a couple of personal development <laughs> books And what I've noticed about the ones that I have, because I I was thinking about this when we were planning for this show, what I've noticed about the ones that I have is I tend to read until, like, I feel like my self-help battery gets filled up Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, I'm good now. And then I put it down and that could be three chapters into the book, or that could be with one chapter left. But whenever I get to the part where I feel okay about this, then I put it down (laughs) thinking I will come back to it. And then I never do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I'm obsessed with self-help books and always have been. I think, I mean, I was a therapist, so I went to school with wanting to help other people. So obviously it makes sense that I want to also help myself, <laughs> you know, and get better as a person and develop. So I think it's just part of my personality is that I, I feel like there's always a better way to do something or something I haven't thought of or a different system I can use. And so that can be a good thing and a bad thing sometimes. Um, but I can look back over my blog because I blogged for years. Um, even before I was published, I was blogging. And a lot of those books um, that I blogged about were self-help improvement kind of books. And I can look back because I went through for this episode to kind of pull my notes on old books that I loved, you know, and want to share. And I can see things in the blog post that I did of like, I had, I was having problems with something or some issue. And then I read this book and like, now I can look back and go, Oh, I haven't had that issue in years. Like I fixed it with that book. Um, so I really have found help in these books. So I, I've, you know, been rewarded, um, which keeps me reading them. So as hokey as it sounds, they have actually improved my life. <laughs> so I'm very pro self-help. And as you will see going through today's episode, I have a lot of them to share with you. <laughs> I'm very passionate about the ones that are good because they can be real bad. There are, I've read lots of real, real bad ones too. So you will not be hearing about those today. Um, well, this is going to be your time to shine because you have all the record. I have like three. So <laughs> we're just, we're going to let Ronnie tell us all the things. See what Dawn does is she lets me read the books and then I take the Cliff Notes version and like, you should try this, this thing. And she's like, oh, great. <laughs> she, 
she can try that thing. So she did have to read the whole thing. Um, okay, so I try to divide these up into kind of categories because they fall under different umbrellas. So my first category is if you want to improve your home life. So whatever that looks like, if you're, you know, having trouble with messiness or if you're having trouble with um, kind of feeling good, you know, at home and all of those things. So my first one um, is Happier at Home by Gretchen Rubin. Now I've talked about Gretchen Rubin before. I've talked about the happiness project. So I mentioned that one in episode 11, if you want to hear a breakdown of the happiness project, but this is basically taking her happiness concepts and applying it to home. So her book's in general, like the happy books that she has are more anecdotal. So she tells you what she's done. Like each month she has some theme that's going to make her happier at home. And she tells you her experience with it without necessarily prescribing that you do that exact thing. She's encouraging you what would make you happier at home. Like if lighting candles more is not your thing, um, then that wouldn't be something. So it's like, it can be little things and big things. Um, and then she also has books about habits and stuff, but what stuck with me from Gretchen Rubin, a lot of things, but for this in particular is her quote, outer order creates inner calm. And I really feel that in my life. So when my house is messy, when my desk is messy, when everything's cluttered, I do not feel inner calm. Um, so I've taken that and held on to it since I've read her books a long time ago. Um, and when I'm feeling stressed out, that's why I often end up organizing things or sorting things because it's like that inner calm thing really does come from like putting things back in order. I just did that after Christmas, like putting the tree away, putting all the ornaments away and stuff. Like it gives me like, ah, okay, fresh, fresh new year. We're done with that chaos of Christmas. Like, and we can move on. Um, so I credit her books, you know, all those years ago from transitioning me from like a messy cluttered person to one that creates neatness and order. Um, and then Dawn, you had one here that fits in this category. I, do. I was going to talk about the one that you just mentioned first too, because as a very, I'm a super high stability person. I need things to be the way they're supposed to be. And that whole, the outer order, that is absolutely me. Of when I get stressed, I start cleaning. Mm-hmm. I start, um, I need things to go where they, because it's something I have control over. Yes. And so it's what I can take control over. So I deal with that. Now, what I think is interesting kind of that popped into my mind about this is um, my kids, of course, I live with teenagers, so I just shut the door and go right. on with my life. But at two distinct points in our lives, we have had some turmoil and um, both times during that, when I have come home my kids have completely cleaned the house for me Hmm. because it was, okay, mom's upset. Mm -hmm. We need this. This is the way to make her feel better about things. And so I've walked in and had a completely clean house and and they're both sitting there like little angels with little (laughs) halos above their heads. Look what we did for you, you know, without asking, without prompting, Mm -hmm. because I guess I've passed that down to them of, when mom gets upset, things have to go back the way they're supposed to be. Now that does, still does not apply to their rooms, right. but they just shut the doors for me and the house was clean and I yeah. felt better about the world. That's like their love language. They're, they're, they know what, what gives you comfort. So that's sweet. Yes, it is very sweet. So mine that I was going to recommend on this is called The Me Project and it's by Kathy Lip. And I was going back through my blog because I also used to do book reviews. And this was the very first book review I ever did oh. on my blog. Mm-hmm. And it was 10 years ago. And I have the copy of the book. I'll put it up on our social media because it is all like 
battered and I have all these little flags in it where I was like, yes, this and that, and that makes sense to me. And so the thing that got me about this was in the beginning of it, it says the intention of the me project is not to add stress, but to lead you to the life you were designed for just do something intentionally every day. And so I really liked the idea that, like you said, it wasn't this prescriptive, you absolutely have to do this. Or if you're not doing that, you're failing. It was very much finding what works for you and what makes you feel better about things and what would make you, your life feel more fulfilled. Um, the one thing I will say about it is it is faith-based. And so it does include recommendations for scripture and recommendations for prayer. And so if that's not your thing, it doesn't like beat you over the head with it, but it is there. But mostly it just gives you permission to have your own goals and to find time for yourself. And especially for us women who we are the chaos coordinators for our house, sometimes we need that permission to let things go. Yeah. I haven't heard of that one. So I'll have to look that one up. Um, my next one has a really boring title, but it's a fantastic book. So it's called Organizing Solutions for People with ADHD by Susan C. Pinsky. So I do not have ADHD. I actually have the opposite. I'm more likely to be too focused um, on one thing and forget everything else exists. Um, but everyone else in my household is diagnosed with ADHD. So I live in a household of people who think very differently from me and whose brains work very differently from me. So I read this book hoping to how I could help them, but it ended up having really good tips too for me. So it was the first book that made me question, why am I folding my underwear? So I know that's a weird question. <laughs> Something we should, we should all ponder that. That is one of those universal life things you should explore within yourself. Yes. So I, I looked back on my review of this book back in the day when I ever I was at it and it was years ago. And I realized I'm still using a lot of this stuff from this book because it's, Basically, I used to be a really messy person. Like Dawn didn't know me in those days, but my house used to be a disaster. My room was a disaster when I was a teenager. I brought it into my marriage when I was, you know, a young uh, newlywed. And so I was that person who had, you know, all the Diet Mountain Dew cans on her coffee table and just stuff everywhere and unfolded laundry and blah, blah, blah. So I had to work hard to get to the point where I'm at, where my house is mostly clean most of the time and organized. Um, but so this book asked questions like, if no one sees your underwear, if no one's opening your underwear drawer, why are you spending all of that extra time folding the underwear? So this was meant for somebody for ADHD because they're not good with detailed, you know, things like sorting things or having really detailed organized systems is not, I've, I've experienced that because I, I will come up with a system for them and they're like, uh, no. Um, so why are you folding towels if you don't need to put them on the shelf? So I do fold my towels now, but for a while after reading this book, I just put a clean bin in the closet and one was for dirty towels and one was for clean towels. And nobody saw it except us in the closet and you could just pull a clean towel out. So with my son, I use these kinds of things because I'm like, just, you don't have to sort all of your laundry into baskets. Just put all of the dirty stuff in one basket, towels, clothes, everything can go in one basket. So it kind of like tells you the places where you can quote unquote cheat to make it easier for everybody to get things done where you actually end up with a clean house, but it's not the perfect, you know, behind closed doors. It's not perfect. You open the underwear. I still don't fold my underwear, you guys. So, and my son doesn't pair his socks up. So like, I just bought him all of the same kind of socks. He's got a black set and he's got white ones in there, but they're all the same kind. So he doesn't have to match them. 
So he can just grab two black socks or two white socks and they're always going to match because he's never going to match them <laughs> and fold them into little balls right. and all of that. So this book was like life-changing. So if you have anybody in your house, you know, or even you, um, that needs, you know, tips to make things just a little bit easier, a little bit less, you know, particular, um, this is organizing solutions for people with ADHD. So highly recommend. I think the question should be, why are people looking in your underwear drawer? Right. I mean, no I one think is. It's an additional question that needs to be addressed there. So, and that kind of goes with the one that I'm going to recommend for this, which is called Organize Your Way, Simple Strategies for Every Personality. And it is by Katie and Kelly McManian. We'll have the link in the show notes. Um, so this book is a really fun read. And if you get this book, like the physical book, it's a really cool, like, it feels really good in your hands. And I know that is kind of a creepy thing to say, but us book lovers know these things. Um, and it's strategies based on your personality. And so you take a very short quiz, which is a really fun type quiz. And um, it gives you the, okay, you are this type of personality. And so, and it's not like personality, it's not like any personality test you've ever taken before, but it gives you, okay, you're this type of personality. These are the strategies that are going to work for you. And I remember when I read it, um, what made it stand out was that it felt very personalized. Like there were strategies in there that I immediately wanted to start using because um, they felt right for me. And like, for example, I'm the type of person who stacks things up. And if you see my office, like I have a stack of planners here and I have a stack of, of notes over here and I know what's in the stacks mm -hmm. and I know exactly where things are. And I like to be able to see my stuff. If I put something in a drawer, it is dead to me. So it really felt like it addressed me. And it goes through in each room in a house, it has universal tips that can be applied to that personality. And then it's got very uh, specific suggestions. It's called, they call themselves the Pixies. And so the website is called like the Pixies did it or something like that. And so they have pixie tips and a little sidebar and it's little adorable illustrations and that kind of thing. And so in each chapter has a checklist for um, dealing with things in that room based on your personality. And the other thing that I thought was really interesting about it is it had specific chapters. And, and when I was reading this, I had small children about dealing with toys because, oh my God, those can take over your entire world. And things about how do you, like you said, you live in a house of people who think very differently than you. How do you work through the conflict that arises when you have two personality types that need to coexist? All right. My next one is the other one that got my house clean um, and paired with the ADHD one. This was kind of like the, the game-changing combination is it's the joy of less by Francine J. Um, and this is, it's not this book in particular, but books on minimalism, um, in general that helped me. So I picked this one because this was a good one of the bunch, but I've read a lot of books on minimalism. And this is the one that helped me turn from messy to neat too, because minimalism, if you're not familiar with it is about minimizing things, right? So not having as much stuff. Um, and I'm not a 
hardcore minimalist. You know, I, I know there's people who live in tiny houses and own one plate and one fork. And I, that's not me. <laughs> I have a billion books sitting behind me. Books are, are not part of my minimalism <laughs> books, planner supplies and pens, cookbooks. Those are all, you know, outside of minimalism, but, um, I do like reading these books of getting rid of unneeded stuff and figuring out, um, ways to make your house just look more peaceful. Like for me, it was, I had knickknacks before, like I had lots of little things on like mantles or like, you know, pieces of furniture would have little decorations and stuff. And I realized the more I took off of that, the like calmer my house felt. So Dawn's been to my house and, you know, my living room almost feels like the waiting room of like an office building. (laughs) So it sounds terrible to most people. Right. But it's like, I have very like clean line furniture and I have a couple of plants and I don't have a lot of stuff on my walls and I don't have. So for me, I found that that helps me like relax more. So less stuff meant less dusting. It meant like all those knickknacks I had to clean. So if I took all of them away, I don't have to clean it. I took most things off my like kitchen counters and put them away. Like Dawn's the opposite kind of organizing style. Like she said, something's in a cabin and it's dead to her. Like me, I'd want it. I want like clear space. Like when I see my kitchen, I want like counters clear and everything put away. Um, so the joy of less was really good about talking about not just house stuff, but in general, in your life, like how do you minimize, um, too much clutter on your schedule, too much clutter, you know, on, in any part of your life. So I'm not going to tell you to get rid of all of your stuff, but you know, I, I have, pared down a lot of stuff and I've gotten a lot less attached to things. So I don't keep a lot of stuff for memories. You know, like I keep pictures and I keep little things that can't be replaced, but I'm not going to keep everything that has a memory attached to it because it's just more clutter that I'm not going to look at stuffed in my closet. Um, so I really enjoyed reading the joy of less. I think it was the first one I read that kind of like opened up the door of minimalism to me. And then I've read a whole bunch of things since, but it made me do things like, why did I have three sets of dishes? Like we're three people here. I don't need this set and this set and this set. I just got one really nice set that I like now and mm-hmm. I'm good. And if we have people over, then I get paper plates, you know, and they're fine. <laughs> um, so those kinds of things. And I can tell you when we moved from house to house two years ago, it made a huge difference from the last time we had moved because I was like, I've gotten rid of a lot of extra stuff. So most of the stuff I was packing is stuff I actually use like on a regular basis. Um, so that was the joy of less by Francine J. Well, and that kind of goes with my next, um, recommendation, which we're going to say it's un F your habitat, <laughs> um, because we like to keep our clean rating, but it's just a, there's just a little asterisk in the middle of that word. So it's un F your habitat by Rachel, uh, sorry. Um, you are better than your mess by Rachel Hoffman and this book, what I really liked about this one is if you are not a person who knows where to start, like if organizing is not your thing and decluttering is not your thing and you are absolutely just completely overwhelmed and don't even know where to begin. <laughs> or, yeah. If you're effed, um, this is a great book for people who are just suffocating because they, they don't know what to do. They don't even know where to begin. And what I really liked about it is that the author's voice in this is very non-judgmental and it helps you to define some realistic expectations and it gives you some mini challenges of things that you could get up and do right then that aren't going to take you an entire weekend. It might take you 15 minutes, but it gives you a place to work from. 
And then the thing that made this kind of special is that they, the author really kind of delved into living situations that aren't always addressed in these books where they're talking about organization. And it talked about trying to deal with decluttering and organizing if you are managing a mental illness or if you're managing a disability or chronic illness and also how to deal with if you live in a space that isn't entirely your own, Mm. how do you manage your expectations and how do you manage dealing with the other people in the house? So if you have been doing a lot of um, organizing already and you like, this would not be a great book for you because you would be like, oh, I know all these things. I've read Mm. all of these books. But for somebody who is, I need to start digging out. I'm at the bottom of the pile. And where is the shovel? This is a good book to start with. Awesome. So sometimes it's not the physical environment that needs to be tamed, or that's one thing on the list. And so we did a show about reading through distractions and starting off the new year and everybody's talking about getting all the plans to move forward. Distractions can really interfere with your reading life. And so if you're thinking about tackling distractions or I know Ronnie that you've done a digital detox more than once. And so tell us about some books that helped you with that. Yeah, I'm obsessed with this topic. Um, if y'all have a theme, I'm obs- whatever topic I get into, I'm obsessed with it. So I pick very few topics, but then I get like totally deep dive into them. Um, I do a class on fighting for focus for writers. I have done digital detox for myself. I've done device free summers with my son. Um, so this is near and dear to me. Um, but we talked about minimalism about your house, but Cal Newport has a book called digital minimalism. He is the author of deep work who I've talked about before in a previous episode, I talked about deep work, but digital minimalism is specifically about if you're feeling like you're drowning in the distractions of social media and email and all of those things online, um, that pull at our attention, he gives you the science behind it, but also like ways to minimize what you are doing. Um, so that you can have more focus, you can feel more inner calm because you're not being distracted by all the dings and notifications and you're not being drug around basically by your phone. Um, So I will warn you that Cal Newport can get a little academic. He is a professor in his day job and that comes across. I like really like dry professory books because I'm me. Um, But if you don't like that, um, be warned that it can get a little bit deep into, you know, the research and all that, but you can skim some of that stuff and get to the practical tips. And, um, he's got a great kind of plan. You can go in to try to start kickstart your minimizing your, your digital stuff, but I do have a cheat sheet backup plan for it. You, there's also a book called how to break up with your phone, the 30 day plan to take back your life by Catherine price. So if you don't want to read why it's good to have a digitally minimal life, why the distractions are bad, what it's doing to your brain. Um, Her book is a lot shorter. It's a tiny little book. It's quick read. Um, She gives very practical tips and will give you step-by-step advice if you want like kind of the quick and dirty on why our brains feel, why we feel so scattered all the time. So it's a legitimate thing that our brain is changed by these things. It's not just you. It's not just, I'm not, I don't know why I can't focus anymore. And it's something wrong with me. No, like these things are designed to change your dopamine levels and to, you know, 
train you like a monkey to pick up the phone every time it dings and to see those little red notification bubbles, which are the devil. If you want to talk to me more about this, you guys, <laughs> I will tell you all the things. There's stuff in my blog too about like, get rid of all those notifications, turn them off. There should be no bubbles on your little apps on your phone, except maybe like for texts from your family. Um, and I've done all of these things. I still fight with it and have to reboot sometimes, but I'm telling you, it's changed my whole like life because at one point I was getting all those notifications. I remember I used to have tweet deck open on my computer mm-hmm. and it would ding every time somebody would tweet. And like, I can't even imagine doing that. How did I get any books written? This was like, you know, six years ago or so. I don't know how I got anything done because the thought of that now makes me want to crawl under my desk. Um, so it really did. I changed things permanently and it really has helped. So those are the two I'd recommend, but also go on my blog and search like, you know, digital minimalism or focus. And you'll, I have like all kinds of articles or device-free summer. If you're worried about your kids being on devices too much, like I have tons of information and articles and things that are there for extra resources. So I'll try to remember to link to that in the show notes too. So you can get access to that. But those are my recommendations on digitally cleaning up your life. Well, and I do recommend Ronnie's productivity class because even if you're not an author, it does have some eye-opening moments. Um, I will say about Cal Newport, um, Cal Newport is absolutely one of those authors that I let Ronnie read the book first (laughs) and then she gives me the cliff notes and I love that. So there's no shame in that. If you have have a friend in your life who loves those, they appreciate being used that way. So... And okay, so one of my big goals for this year is to manage my time. And one of my friends one time said, um, she's actually a counselor. She said, you know, if you don't manage your time, someone else will. Mm -hmm. And that really stuck with me. And I think about that all the time when I'm looking at my calendar and, you know, wanting to go stick my head in a bag and hide. So even as I was laying out my new planner for this year, I was looking at time and I'm like, I still suck at this. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I have books that can help you <laughs> to recommend. I am so shocked to hear. I know, that right? You you're, you're totally yeah, blindsided. Um, okay. So I have a few for, if you want to control your time. Um, my first one is essentialism by Greg McCowan. And um. I love the idea and I have high focus, you guys. So just your mileage may vary, but I love the idea of focusing on what's essential and cutting away the rest. Like that is my jam. Um, and this book has a lot of fantastic information and guidelines basically about how to, his way he puts it as the disciplined pursuit of less. So what is essential? What can be taken off your plate? What are the most important things in your life that you want to give your time to? And there are a lot of things you can cut out that you're doing maybe that you don't realize that aren't needed and that are just taking space away from your calendar or your life. Um, so I think the concept that really resonated for me, um, was about editing. So when I write a book, you know, I look at every word and every scene and every character and ask, is this necessary for the story? And Dawn, that's what you're doing as an editor. You know, you're looking, do we need this scene? Do we need this character? Um, does it add something valuable to the book? So essentialism, the concept of it is doing that with your life, with your job, with all those tasks and activities and things that take up your time. So instead of asking, does this add to the story? We're asking, does this add to my life? Um, So does it add to what I'm trying to accomplish in my life, in my job, with my family? Um, And so it's the idea of figuring out what those things are that contribute and what those things that are just fluff 
and then getting less, but better. So having less things, you know, to focus on, but better, more quality things. So that is essentialism by Greg McCowan. And even, I know it's a whole book and you should read the book, but just the concept of essentialism, just think about that word can be enough. Like look at your calendar. Is it essential that I'm on Facebook two hours a day? No, (laughs) for no one. Are you sure about that? (laughs) No. So there are things that you don't even think about that are taking your time um, that you can streamline or cut out completely or designate to someone else and, you know, free up that time. So you can really dedicate it to whatever you're passionate about or spending time with your family or whatever it is that you want to do. All right. So my next one is off the clock by Laura Vanderkam, and I'm going to forgive this author for, for stealing my title. So <laughs> I also have a book called off the clock, but it is very different than this book. Very, very different. There are no time management tips in my book. <laughs> so, um, but there, there's a, there's a sexy doctor. Yeah. So there's um, lots of productivity, but it's a whole different kind of productivity. Right. Um, okay. So this off the clock, um, this one is less about productivity and more about finding the white space in your schedule. So feeling like she wants to give you that feeling like you have all the time in the world. Um, instead of feeling like you're always rushed and always behind Dawn is like shaking her head. Like this is a foreign like, concept. I'm like, I am definitely in the always rushed, always behind category. I don't know where this time that she thinks I have is being hidden, but I would like to locate it. <laughs> right. Um, so what this author did was she had a large group of people in different professions, like track their time, um, every minute basically. And she used the results for this book. So one of the interesting things she found was that a lot of people in very busy, high powered positions often felt like they had more time, um, but it was because they learned strategies to make it that way. So her book goes into a number of strategies to help create that feeling of space in your schedule of like slowing down and savoring, you know, things in your life. And um, one of my favorite quotes from the book is, and I still use this, but if you should say yes to something. So um, I, when I first started writing for sure, like you say yes to everything, you say yes to every book club meeting, every interview, every blog post that people want you to write. And it's a real quick way to burn out, which I learned from experience saying yes to everything. Um, so I've taught, I think I've talked about maybe in a previous episode of it's not a hell yes, it's a no. So I use that one, but this is also another test for it that I use is when somebody asks me if I want to do something, the question is what I do this tomorrow. So if they're asking me to go do a book interview or a book club interview in March, would I be excited and move around stuff in my schedule if it was tomorrow? Like, would I be so enthusiastic that like, okay, like I did the Brenda Novak book club with signing all the books and being part of her. If she had said, Hey, we'd like you to do this. Can you do it tomorrow? I would have cleared my schedule and said, yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> I can Absolutely. definitely do it. I am in. Right. So I agreed to months ahead for that one, but otherwise, if it's not something you'd be excited about tomorrow, you are not going to be excited about it in April. So you're going to, And I've done this to myself too many times where it's like, I said, yes, because it was easy to say yes. It's way easier to say yes than no. And then months later it comes up and I'm emailing Dawn, like, I don't want to do this. I'm busy and I'm right in the middle of a book and I I don't want to be distracted by this and blah, blah, blah. So what I do this tomorrow is a great test. And I've kept that with me after reading this book. Dawn, maybe you need to read this one since you're looking for white space. Yeah. I need the, the strategies you mentioned. I need those pretty much immediately. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting to see people's time trackers. Like she really kind of delved deep into that. So that was interesting, but, 
Um, and then my last one in this section is Make Time by Jake Knapp and John Zaretsky. Um, so this one's one that you can kind of dip in and out of. Don, you might like this one because it's not like a long chapter, you know, lots of academic research. It's like little snippet, almost like blog post of tips um, that you can just open to anywhere and kind of get a tip. So one of the things I really like this book about this book is that it focuses on how to make time using like a really simple paradigm up front. So it involves choosing a highlight for the day, which is basically what is the one thing you need to get accomplished today that at the end of the day, you would be like, I had a good day. So each day they recommend choosing that highlight. And so I really liked how the laser focus is what they called it on that one thing. Um, and then at the end of the day, you can reflect on how it went and, you know, change it for the next day if you need to, but each little section that they have, they divided it up into sections. Like the laser section has 40 separate tactics um, on how to focus better. So things like how to make your phone screen distraction-free um, or how to wrangle your TV time or finding a soundtrack for flow state. Um, it's kind of a choose your own adventure style. So it's not like do all these things. They're saying here are a bunch of ways you might try experiment combo, you know, put together combinations and see what works for you. So I really liked um, how they did it. And it is, is an easy one if you're just looking for something quick. Um, to get started. That absolutely sounds like something I would enjoy. <laughs> I love how it's like, Dawn would like this book. It has pretty pictures in it. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm a fan of the pretty pictures, but I was just thinking in my new agendio, I have a space at the top that I'm not sure what I'm going to use it for. And if I was doing the highlight thing, if I'm picking the one thing that has to get done that day, that would be perfect for going up there. So I love that. And I am a person that I need to feel like I did something in the day when I feel like I've just yes. like answered emails or like done a bunch of little things. And by the end of the day, I'm like, what, what did I do today? Like I feel unfulfilled. So I, I like the highlight thing too. Um, and then my last section is for, I know a lot of people who are listening to this are in the creative field. So they're writers or, you know, artists or whatever. So if you're listening to us and you have creativity as part of your job or part of your hobby, um, if you want a creative boost, I would recommend um, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I've already talked extensively about it in episode three. It was a rat reading pick. So if you are a creative person, I think everybody should read this book. Um, it's really inspiring about creativity. So I'm not going to go deeply into it again, but Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And then Dawn, you had one in the section too, right? Right. I wanted to recommend Dear Writer, Are You in Burnout by Becca Syme, which also was my rad rec, re, rad, my rad. I recommended it. Y'all should read it. <laughs> we are forever, we are forever cursing ourselves for coming up with the term rad reading rec because we cannot ever say it. So it was my rad rec of the week for episode three as well. And it's really not just for writers because we're all tired and we're all struggling and burnout hits everybody. And so if you're trying to maintain any kind of creative career, it is a good, it has great advice in there. Yeah. And I second that recommendation. Um, and then my other one in this section, and I literally just read it again yesterday. I told Dawn, I pull, I pull books and I'm going to recommend them off my shelf to kind of refresh my memory on them. And I read this one probably three years ago. And while I was refreshing my memory yesterday, I ended up reading the whole book again. <laughs> so that's a sign of a good book because I'm not big on rereading. Um, but it is Keep Going, 10 Ways to Stay Creative in Good Times and Bad by Austin Cleon. So if you're familiar with Austin Klingon, he's an artist and he has a great newsletter. So I highly recommend his newsletter, but this is a fun little book with illustrations um, that will just kind of give you a creative boost. And each, he divides it into 10 kind of rules or help for when you're trying to be creative in bad times. And, um, you know, it's been a rough couple of years for everybody. So I think it's a perfect book for now. And 
one of my favorite of his tips was forget the noun, do the verb. Um, because I can't call myself a writer unless I'm doing the verb and actually writing. So like I spoke about earlier, I need to do more of the writing um, if I'm going around calling myself a writer. So I'm going to focus on doing the verb and not just using the noun, but there's a bunch of different like drawings in there and little cartoons and it's really, it's short. So you can read it. Like I probably read it in an hour, you know, yesterday. And I, I have his other two books. He's got two that are in the series. There's um, this was the third one in the series, but I ordered print copies yesterday of the first two because I have them in ebook and I, I want the whole collection now because it really is just good to kind of read when you need a creative boost. So that is Keep Going by Austin Cleon. And that brings us to, she's going to make me say it because she doesn't want to stumble on the words again. <laughs> <laughs> it is time for our rad reading recs of the week. Dawn, what is your, what is your RRR this week? <laughs> Um, okay, so my rad reading wreck of the week is Captivated by Tessa Bailey and Eve Dangerfield. And um, this is one because you know, y'all know I love my reading journal and I love all my washi and my stickers. And, and this is what I texted Ronnie and I'm like, I'm not sure what washi <laughs> and stickers are going to go with this. So it is a grumpy sunshine trope. You've got dark, broody, wounded hero and this fun, like, think like kind of Bridget Jones's diary type girl um, who has recently been dumped. And he is the landlord of her apartment. And the part where it got sticky on the, um, what can I decorate my page with, is that the book is about the fact she has capture fantasies. Meaning her preference is that somebody like kidnap her, basically. And this was, if you've ever read these kind of books, this was very light in that. this It was not super dark. Some of those can get really, really dark. I have those recommendations if you need them. <laughs> yes, yeah, we, can, we can lay those out. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But this was more of a playful type mm-hmm. thing between the two of them and it was very it was set up very well it's you're familiar if you're familiar with consensual non-consent there was a safe word there was other things in place to make sure that she felt safe and part of the trope of the book is that he doesn't he she talks him into doing this for her um in a really hilariously awkward conversation but he's not willing he is physically bigger than her like a lot physically bigger than her Mm -hmm. and he can tell that she's actually afraid of him Mm -hmm. and he's like no we're not going to do this if you are sincerely afraid i'm going to hurt you that's not you know this is supposed to be a fantasy and so they set up a he demands three dates before they can really do things um so they have this great banter i really like the heroine like i would go hang out with her and super super hot love scenes like fan yourself hot love scenes and the other thing I loved about it is there's a really solid conflict of why these two people can't just magically be together right now which we know from reading a whole tons and tons of romance that's not always the case sometimes you're like oh my god just have an adult conversation and get over it they there's reasons why they can't be together right now so I liked it I read it in afternoon it was a lot of fun the only slight little thing that I want to put out there 
is that it did have what started out to me as a very stereotypical representation of her having a gay best friend. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of disappointed in that whenever I hit that chapter, because I was like, everything else in here has been so well written. This feels off to me. Mm -hmm. Push past that for about a chapter and he changes and becomes like very much more authentic. Okay. So that's my recommendation. Yeah. You've totally sold me on that one. So I'm, I'm here for that one. I'm going to have to get that one. Um, my recommendation is Love and Other Words by Christina Lauren. So I looked back and realized I hadn't recommended any Christina Lauren books on this podcast, which is a problem <laughs> because I love, I love their books. Um, and for those of y'all who don't know, Christina Lauren is a writing team. So when I say they, it's because it's two people writing the books. Um, but this was my very first book I read by them and it made them like auto buy authors for me immediately. I'm going to give you a little of the back cover on this one. Macy Sorensen is settling into an ambitious, if emotionally tepid routine, work hard as a new pediatric resident, plan her wedding to an older, financially secure man, keep her head down and her heart tucked away. But when she runs into Elliot Petropolis, the first and only love of her life, the careful bubble she's constructed begins to dissolve. Once upon a time, Elliot was Macy's entire world, growing from her gangly bookish friend into the man who coaxed her heart open again after the loss of her mother, only to break it on the very night he declared his love for her. So this is told in a then now dual timeline. Um, so we get to see their relationship as teens and then, you know, in the present. And I love a dual timeline. I've written dual timeline. It's like one of my buttons. Like if it's a dual timeline book, I'm here for it. That apparently in time loops, I just like things with time, but the hero is bookish and nerdy, which I love a bookish hero. Um, the heroine is very emotionally shut down. So I will warn you, like when you're reading it up front, it's hard to connect to her at times, um, which I was, you know, I put in my notes in my book journal. I was like, it was hard to connect to her, but when her secret is revealed of why she is that way, it made perfect sense. So stick with her, even if you're like, wow, she's really hard to like connect to. She's got really good reasons for being so emotionally shut down. And her secret, when it was revealed, shocked me, which if a book can trick me like that, you know, when I'm thinking it's something else and I find out it's different, like I love getting, you know, an unexpected twist that I didn't call. So this was really a page turner. It was sexy in subtle ways. Um, but there was so much great tension and buildup and a fantastic payoff. And I love that. Like we loved each other when we were teens and now we're back adults and something ha- like, I love that second chance romance thing so much. So this was really well done. Um, it's an emotional book. So there's a lot of depth to it. It's not just like an upbeat rom-com. It is like, there's meat, um, to the emotional conflict here, which is my, you know, that's my, my, my sweet spot for books is if a romance has that deep emotional conflict, it's what I try to write. So when I find it, when I'm reading, you know, I, I cherish those authors who do that. So I like fun stuff too. You know, I like rom-coms and upbeat, but when I want like really good emotional conflict, there are very few authors who do it well. (laughs) So Christina Lauren, I can count on is going to give me that. Um, So that is love and other words by Christina Lauren. All right, you guys, we made it through our new year, new you, which I promised myself I wouldn't say. <laughs> no cliches. Yeah. But yeah, I had to say it. So um, <laughs> in speaking of managing our time and creating space and being good to ourselves, um, I do want to announce that we are shifting the podcast to every other Friday instead of every week. We love doing the podcast. We have a lot of fun with it, but it does take 
a tremendous amount of work um, to prepare for the episodes. And then I, I do the editing um, and Don, you know, does all of the social media stuff. And so each episode takes a good chunk of our time during the week. Um, and it is a labor of love, uh, but we have to make space for our actual jobs. <laughs> that, you know, hopefully we make money at sometimes writing and editing. So we will be switching starting now. So you won't have another episode for two weeks, but if you are just finding us, we have lots of episodes in the backlist. So you can go and listen yes. from the beginning um, and get those episodes. But for the foreseeable future, um, this is going to be our schedule. And we hope that that will give us a chance to give you really good meaty episodes with lots of recommendations and things. It also gives us more time to read stuff in between because we have to have recommendations right for the show. So we have to actually be reading in between. Um, so yeah, that, that is our big announcement about the change. Well, and we will list all of that on our social media. We have our Facebook page and we have Instagram. And so we will always put up there when a new episode is coming, what the topic is, that kind of thing. And if you subscribe to us, it will automatically tell you on your podcast app when we have dropped a new episode. And we are also very open to suggestions on reading and that kind of thing. So if you are listening to us and you're like, they should totally read whatever, or I would love to hear their opinions on this. We can talk about anything. Right. So hit us yeah. up and let us know. We'd love topic suggestions. So, you know, we brainstorm each month on what we're going to talk about, but we're definitely open to hearing other people's suggestions. Save us some of the brainstorming. If there's something particular you want to hear about or hear us discuss, um, send it to us for sure. And next time we do have our topic picked out, it's going to be about reading and mental health and trigger warnings, pro or con on trigger warnings, those kinds of things. Um, and I have feelings, I have big feelings <laughs> because of a book I read. So I'm ready to talk about that next time and subscribe to us. If you're listening to us in a podcast app, if you hit that subscribe button, um, then it will automatically give you our episodes as soon as they come out. So you don't even have to worry about remembering, is it a Friday? What Friday is it? It'll just be there in your podcast app and you don't have to um, stress about it. So make sure you subscribe. If you'd like to leave us a review while you're subscribing, you know, we won't, that won't hurt our feelings. <laughs> well, unless it's a bad review, <laughs> then it'll hurt our feelings. <laughs> and then it will hurt our feelings and we will cry. <laughs> on no the pressure. air. No we pressure though. <laughs> okay, you guys, thanks for joining us. We hope the beginning of your year is great. And until next time, we hope every book that you pick up is rad reading. Bye you guys. Happy new year. Welcome back to rad reading and happy new year. You are. <laughs> You're not going to say hi. <laughs> you always say I'm Ronnie and I say I'm gone. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, this I got it this time. <laughs>